This episode of Country Squire Radio is brought to you by Missouri Meerschaum and ThisPipeLife.com. We thank them for their support of this show, and we thank you for supporting them. You're listening to Country Squire Radio. Welcome to Country Squire Radio. I'm Bo. And I'm John David. JD. Hey, Bo. Good evening, man. Man, good evening to you. How are you doing tonight, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm um, I'm smoking Latakia. Yeah, you are. It's really weird. Yeah, I know. You can smell it, right? Yeah, yeah. It smells like death. Yeah, oh, man. <laughs> no, it's funny. You know, I just, I, I'm not much of a Latakia smoker, as our, uh, I guess, real regular listeners know, and... Um, it, you know, it something about it being summertime. This is so opposite of how everyone thinks. Yo, but but something about it being summertime. It's been so hot, mm. and I've been looking for tobaccos that just smoke a little cooler. Oh, okay, and, okay. And that Latakia has just drawn me in. Now, I mean, it, but it, you know, it, it tastes like barbecue, right? So I mean, hey, that's summer. There, there's our entree, right? But they, you, you know, there's something about the temperature of Latakia. It, it burns coolly. And so I've been just kind of looking for blends that are mellow that might feature a little Latakia. Right tonight, I'm actually smoking um, Frogmorton uh, on the Bayou. Oh, uh, which yes, is just sir. such a good tobacco. Oh, it's that's one a of those, great tobacco. You know, I always mention how Frogmorton's kind of the gateway drug to, <laughs> uh, you know, to, to non-aromatic tobaccos. And, uh, <laughs> that's man, so it's true. Just, it, it really is. It just, <laughs> it, it's just soft enough, but it's got plenty of that that robust Cyprian Latakia. It's uh, it's really nice. So, uh, yeah, it's a cheers to, man, blazing summer heat and uh, and freaking campfire smelling tobaccos because those go together. Absolutely. <laughs> well, man, at the top of the show, I need to uh, make mention of something. Uh, if, if you're following us on Facebook, on Twitter, you've, you've seen this, but um, Country Squire Radio is actually up for nomination in this year's uh, People's Choice Podcasting Awards. Dude, this is awesome. This is pretty cool. So this is the way it works, though. So it's it's we're we're up for nomination. So we've passed that barrier, but we have to officially be nominated. And because it's People's Choice, that means you, the people, are the ones that actually go and nominate us. So we can't stuff the ballot boxes well, or anything. Well, and as much as we can ask people to, to <laughs> head out, you know, get out the vote, so to speak. But yeah, so the link to do so will actually be in the show notes for this episode. We've also posted it to Facebook, to Twitter. Uh, so you can find it there as well. But if you have not done so already, uh, head over uh, to the link and uh, yeah, and, and register and, and nominate us for the arts category. Right uh, now, we're technically up for two. One is the the people's choice, which we're in competition with like the entire internet on that one. Uh, but we're also under the arts category of podcasts. So uh, so vote for us there. Uh, we would absolutely love for you to do that. By the way, uh, I'll, you know I've got another show that's also up for registration called Flash TV Talks. Yeah, so if you're yeah. looking in the TV and film realm, okay. So different categories. Different categories. Okay. So we're, we're not necessarily compete, competing against each not other. Not competing against each other. Right. Uh, but but so uh, TV and film, Flash TV Talk, Arts Good. Category, Country Squire Radio, hook us up. Uh, and uh, and yeah, who knows? Maybe we might take home the gold, which I think is actually the clear, because I've seen those... Uh, ah, the, the old clear. Yeah, the, old, the old clear record. Yeah, there's those... There's yeah. those <laughs> It's those those glass uh, trophies. Oh I think no, is yeah, the that's right. It's like it's crystal, crystal, Cri- not, not not clear. <laughs> yeah, let's go with crystal. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like you know, if hand cut crystal. Is plastic crystal? No. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it can be if I imagine it is. Yeah, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Will it work as a paperweight? 
that that's really exactly a, a really well earned one. Help us get that paperweight, guys. Uh, the link <laughs> the link is in the show notes for this episode, and like I said, it's up on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, head over there, help us out. Uh, hey, uh, you know, this coming year, uh, rather the year that we find ourselves in this year, yeah, uh, there is something special going on later in said year. Said year, which is twenty. 20- 2017. 2017. Uh, specifically <laughs> on October 7th, uh, the Texas Pipe Show. Oh, yeah. Yeehaw. <laughs> get on, little doggies. Mm-hmm. Uh, get 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 on little doggies all the way over to uh, Pop Safari Room in Fort Worth, in Texas. In Fort Worth, that's right, October seventh. Right? Absolutely, and we're we're gonna be there. We're gonna be partying up, uh, doing the slow smoke, long smoke, whatever you want to call it, smoke competition. That's right, and that's it's right. gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, how is the blending coming for that, by the way? Uh, the tobacconist might need to get uh off his laurels and and <laughs> and, and start uh you know I I I've, 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 he's been inspired, right? I mean, there's yeah. there's certain things there that I think are. Uh, you know, kind of percolating, but uh, yeah, it's 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 in its uh it's in its uh paper graph paper stage. We'll, All just, right. we'll just say that. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, uh, well, don't don't uh, don't wait like the tobacconist here. Uh, go ahead and buy your tickets today. Uh, get yourself set up. Get your uh, travel alignments all uh, arranged and such. Uh, you can do that again October seventh, Fort Worth, Texas, Pop Safari Room, the Texas Pipe Show. Now again, uh, I, I believe if I'm mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the um the tables booths there are open to carvers for free actually uh and then for other folks down the road they are um they are paid but uh carvers carvers get first priority um and then folks that make accessories and things like that and then and then just you know related fun products like beard oil and uh you know other knickknacks and stuff like that those people uh, will have the last opportunity but they're anticipating uh you know room for room for a lot of folks and so. now what constitutes a carver i mean if i just like chewed up uh you know a thing of corn on my way in there and then i just took a little pocket knife to it because I'm, I'm technically carving away at something I, I think i think people would immediately see that and know that's a bow york they'd run me out masterpiece right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might run us out of there anyway bo well let's uh but one way or the other before they do we will be there so join us again october 7th the texas pipe show pop safari room fort worth texas yeah really excited about that all right man this last past week we had a big milestone in the uh, <laughs> history of this podcast uh you know as as Long-time listeners, short-time listeners, anybody that's listened more than one episode knows, uh, this year, at the kickoff of this year, we launched the uh, International Pipe Club, the Country Squire Radio International Pipe Club. Uh, thanks to you guys for helping supporting the show, joining the club. Uh, we reached our milestone to be able to open up the Squires Lounge online. That's right. Uh, exclusively to club members. And, uh, I, you know, we just got to say, you guys... Y'all, exceeded expectations. I'm telling you, man. So we we fluffed up the we fluffed up the pillows. We polished all the brass. We made made sure that there was you know the 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 classy ashtrays. You know, I mean, like really really right. good stuff. Windex the uh, the crystal. Just right. Windex the it was plastic. The plastic, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but made it look like crystal. And like you guys, y'all just flew open the doors, set up your boots on the table. I mean, it was like y'all were already home, and it you was know, awesome. It's really great. So uh, you know, just stepping back a second, uh, Bo and I, we you know kind of talked about this several months ago and we came up with this idea when we opened our club when we opened the patreon account and you know and and all this we wanted to come up with something that would reward folks that are you know are committing to to do this with us and to help us make this work and so um you know we we were like well you know it's not something we want to get into doing the forum like this if 
uh, you know, if it's only going to be a few people. So let's put it out there and see if we get the interest. And, and well, last week we, we got it. We, we reached that level on, on our Patreon deal. And, um, and so Bo and I, uh, you know, we'd been, we could kind of see it coming down the last few weeks. And so we, uh, stepped back and started, you know, putting in some, uh, some things to get ready for it. And, uh, man, we opened the doors and, and people have really taken to it. And I think the thing about it, the, the Country Squire Pipe Club Forum, um, it, that makes me the happiest is that these folks, uh, particularly, you know, folks that listen to our live show, not just those folks, but, but particularly those folks, you know, these are folks that have interacted once a week for a while, mm-hmm. uh, by, you know, tweeting in, asking different questions of each other, uh, you know, commenting and, and liking each other's comments and sharing each other's comments, bantering back and forth with stuff. And, but, but it's all been kind of this one week kind of, uh, once a week kind of, a uh, kind of stilted experience. That's right. Just yeah. Based around you know kind of our schedule, Bo, and and what what's cool, and we've actually gotten feedback from folks uh, uh, related to this on the on the forum is that you know it it has given uh, everyone a, an opportunity to meet and connect with each other, mm. um, and, and and so it's just one more way for uh, you know these people that were kind of kind of seeing each other regularly on the periphery to uh, to to go in deeper, and, and and that has made it really really special, and so I, you know it's just one more thing, it's a feather. Uh, in your in our in you know you the the club's uh, community's hat and all that kind of stuff. It's uh, it, it's something to be really proud of. So I, I'm, we're, I'm, we're really excited. About we, it. We've been blown away, honestly. It's it's been really awesome to uh, to watch and see how that's kind of uh, very quickly organically worked together. I want to make mention, by the way, for those of you if you are a uh, if you are a club member now but you have not yet gotten access to the group, uh, the link was posted out to everyone. Um, I, th- I believe I sent out a, a a message, but you'll find it on the Patreon. New incoming club members uh, as part of your welcome package you'll also get a direct link yeah and uh and for those of you who've clicked the link and you've gone through and you've requested it there's still an approval process i, I have to kind of match up names and and so i can mark off who's in who's out and all that kind of good stuff yeah sure. but i i gotta make mention because we had kind of a little bit of an incident that was a, a little bit of a, a joke especially to the earliest of members i made the group secret and uh you know a lot of people were making fun of that like you know is it secret is it safe you know like oh oh <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's secret. What are we doing in here? All right. I thought that, that was going to help. the back room. You know what I mean? I thought that was going to help with the approval process so that you had to have the direct link in order to get access. Uh, but it actually, it shut off everybody, including people who actually had the direct link. Oh, really? Yeah. So oh, okay. I rectified that, got it all uh, done, and everybody who okay. was in the waiting got approved. But uh, but one way or the other, um, <laughs> I was trying to do it pretty much on a nightly basis of the last past week. Um, it may shift a little bit more to a week guaranteed weekly basis, but hopefully a few times a week sure. I'll be able to, to go in and, and do do approvals. So and, and and again, as as every um as as everyone that's listened to our podcast for a while knows, like this is it's kind of a work in progress. Absolutely. Like, we're a professionally produced podcast, and we're proud of that. We're proud that we are so regular with this, and um, I'm certainly proud of the quality that you, you know, come out with every week, Bo, and all this on on our audio. But you know, this is uh, we're going to feel our way through this a little bit. So forming it'll, an it'll international be, pipe club, yeah. especially in such a unique way, you get a few mulligans. You well, know. well it, it's, right. it's just it's <laughs> it, like you say, it's a process. So we're we're figuring out as we go along. But the great thing is, um, if nothing else, man, I really do think that. Uh, the opening of the Squires Lounge online and, and the commitment and the engagement that we've seen from you guys proves that you and I, we're not in this alone. We've got a great community uh, that really wants to make this something special. Yeah, so yeah. Th- thanks to all of you who are already in. And uh, hey, if you would like to 
to join the Pipe Club so that you could gain access to that and get some other good digital goodies and plus help out support the show. Uh, you can do so if you go to uh, countrysquireradio.com. There's a big banner that says join the club. And we got to make mention, of course, to our new club members. We have more club members? These are actually the people That's that put great. us over the edge, the ones that you can thank for, uh, for turning the key and opening <laughs> up the lounge. All right, you ready for this? Yep. We got... At the Squire level. That's right. Randall Morgan. It is Randall Morgan. It is Randall Morgan <laughs> joining at the Squire level. We also have uh, Mike Kinsey. Mike Kinsey. I, I did pronounce that right. I tried to mispronounce it. it See, was... these are these are things that we we appreciate you having such simple names that we actually have to try to butcher them. Oh, I got you on this next one. <laughs> I got you on this next one. Here he goes. Ladies and gentlemen, joining at the Pilgrim level, Ray- Rianne DeBeer. That actually might be how you say his name. I I I I I'm not hundred percent sure one way or the other. Right, but 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 Rian Rian. Hey, pass the beer. Ryan. It that's, could be Ryan. It's it the could beer. Be Ryan. It's the beer. The beer. It's the beer. That's that's what it, that's what that is right there. You got you got the beer here, man. Rian, Mike, and Randall. Gosh, we we are just so honored to have you uh, have you on board. Thank you so much for uh, for joining the the Squire Pipe Club. We're we're so so grateful. Also, last week, Bo, um, we had. Uh, listener Michael Ladka, and I have I can confirm that his name is Michael Ladka, Gattaca. and not not Michael Gattaca. not Michael Iadka. Okay, like, I really I, I that's that's so disappointing to me because I was I was but, I was but you know what it, it, we, we, Ladka, Ladka actually sounds more like Gattaca. I can I can dig that. Yeah, I can dig that. No, it's one it's one of those things. It it, it allowed us to butcher his name, so he feels more welcome. There. Okay, good, so, good, good. So to our friend Mike, uh, and a uh, good friend of the Country Squire and and the Country Squire. Uh, radio pipe club we are uh, very grateful and i'll make sure that that is reflected in your uh, in your your membership card yeah as please well. do that <laughs> <laughs> all right well okay so we've got a topic tonight that i'm really excited about uh, of course we've got a series that we do and we have done throughout the history of this podcast called pipe culture where we've taken a look at the various aspects of the culture uh, surrounding pipe smokers what you know, uh, common denominators are there. What are some things that kind of connect us beyond, obviously, the love for the pipe? Uh, is there is there more to that? Is there less to that? It's been something of a sociological study. Uh, well, along the way of this process, we've kind of... Uh, I don't know if we've dived deeper or this has become its own ancillary thing, but we've started looking into pipe smoking archetypes. Um, you know, you'll remember the last time that we did this, we actually kind of did a grand study. We, we polled all of you and kind of figured out what the primary archetypes were. And, and there are a lot, honestly, way sure. well beyond what we kind of covered in that first episode. Yeah, yeah. But what we really kind of defined in that first episode, just kind of as a refresher, um, was the father, the grandfather, the professor, the philosopher, the soldier, the sailor, the aristocrat, aristocrat, the farmer, or aristocrat, or, or well, that is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, and then finally, the wizard. And so those were the archetypes that we said that we were going to cover as part of this series. And as we continue on this series today, we're going to be talking about the soldier and the sailor. Yeah, yeah. So we we've kind of gone. What I'm hearing, but we've already gone to the father and the grandfather, kind of that fatherly person. We've gone to the professor, philosopher, the 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 thinker, the uh, person that uh, you know is is brooding with his pipe, dealing with uh, <laughs> w- with larger things. And now we're now we're moving on to the soldier and the sailor. These are uh, you know working people that were uh, and and also folks that are uh, entrusted with a lot of. Uh, you know, protecting freedom and other things. And mm. so, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to unpack that a little bit. So this is really interesting because, you know, I was, I was thinking about these two archetypes and, and, you know, there's, 
you know, it, it can be easy to look at them and kind of say like, oh, there's there's a lot of similarities here. And in fact, of course, obviously there is some intersection that goes on there. Uh, but when you think about the soldier and the sailor, uh, both are travelers in a sense. However, the soldier is primarily associated with the destination and what goes on there, whereas the sailor is typically associated with the journey to get from point A to point B. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, you know, you, you think about kind of the, the soldier. I mean, the soldier can be a sailor and the sailor can be a soldier. Um, and so, the, you know, there, there is some intersection just in kind of the roles that each individual may play during the course of their career. Sure. Uh, as well as, you know, the, the, the truest of intersections, which would be the Navy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's there as well. Um, also, you have... Uh, or the U.S. Coast Guard. That's, that's true. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you, Pappy Joe, for your service. We got, we got some love from Pappy when we get to the sailor for That's sure. right. Um, we also, you know, you think about sailors, uh, you've got pirates, captains, deckhands. You know, there's, there's a lot of different Arr! types of sailors and, and kind of even like many archetypes that kind of latch on there. And with soldiers as well, you've got generals, infantry, snipers. There's, there's a lot of different uh, cavalry. Cavalry, soldier. Cavalry, yeah. Yeah. Cavalry. What's the one where they ride the cows? That's Calvary. No, that's where Jesus... No, hang on now. <laughs> that's... that's that. <laughs> Cal- yeah, that would be Calvary. Calvary? No, that's where the baby cow... Anyway. It's just- <laughs> Point being, <laughs> every 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 person's stereotype about uh, dumb Southerners is confirmed weekly on Country Squire Radio. Why do we do that to ourselves? <laughs> it just is what it is. It's fantastic. So we're going to start off talking uh, with these two with the soldier. Now, you know, one of the the archetypes before we even dive into the soldier, one of the archetypes that was brought up that didn't really have necessarily a place, and it wasn't necessarily one strong enough. I, I mean, there's a different argument that can be made here, but it wasn't. We didn't necessarily think it was strong enough to be able to hold its own but maybe fit in somewhere else sure and in this case it's the detective now the detective may actually be a are professor we, are we kind of putting that as a maybe a, a like a sub, sub. a subset yeah. to to this category exactly okay um and you know so you think of the tech the detective could be a, a professor the detective could you know you could argue the detective falls under the philosopher but i also think that the detective does kind of fall uh, fall under the soldier um you know if you think of especially like the rogue or, or something of that nature and kind of spy or, or okay. something like that yeah yeah. You know, they, they kind of would all fall under the soldier. Someone that's maybe more clandestine, you know, uh, trying to do something for a greater good. You know, it, I guess that would be seen in some sense as a soldier. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So I, I want soldier for freedom sure. or, you know, uh, hiding or truth, hiding alien the, bodies the that detective, you know, the CIA uh, knows about that we don't. I'm the, just saying the truth I'm is sure all those people smoke pipes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So um, let, let's do it, man. Soldier. So uh, first first email that we got in comes in from Thomas. And you want to take what uh, what Thomas has got here? Yeah. Um, Thomas says, as an enlisted pipe smoking soldier in the U.S. Army. Uh, Thomas, brother, thank you so much thank for, you for, your, your for your service. Um, well, I'm sure we'll be saying that quite a bit tonight. Um, specifically as an infantryman, uh, these are my observations on pipe smoking soldiers. First and foremost, they are true experts and professionals. They are experts in, at tactics on a wide variety of weapons and the true art of their chosen profession. Secondly, the pipe smoking entry, entry, infantryman uh, possesses a unique mindset. These soldiers can discuss topics such as international politics, religion, classical music, and opera, and even French philosophy with the same degree of professionalism that they would discuss weapons and tactics. Now, it's, it, it's kind of interesting to hear Thomas say this. You know, here's someone that, you know, obviously is... Uh, has worked very hard his career is highly skilled and um, mm-hmm. and and is you know even with his 
uh, message here is kind of uh, you know portraying some some of those left-brained tendencies, you know, to just uh, be be extremely skilled at your craft, uh, technical, almost like your. Um, you know, you approach these things almost as if uh, like a surgeon, you know, very methodical, uh, rhythmic and uh, n- knowing each uh, and, and every nook and cranny of, of your of your craft. Um, and, and I could see I could see that, you know, that type of individual, that type certainly of soldier uh, or anyone, uh, you know, approaching pipe smoking very much like that. Right. So you, you kind of get the idea that like even when they're uh, loading or tamping their pipe, like there's a there's a system to it, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think I get that. Like we, you know, there's a there's almost like a a a, a sign that they, they try to make a science of it, and it and it becomes uh, you know more of their uh, more of the fun. Well, isn't there? All right, remind me again. What's the name of that pipe that has like the metal insert that you like? You take it apart and put it back together, almost like a like a rifle. Well, it's a you know. I don't know of any pipe like that, but <laughs> there is a there's a military mount pipe. Is that is that the and, and the military mount one? pipe, of course, uh, has a metal end on the on the shank, and and the idea is that the the stem will plug into the end of it, so you can take it apart quickly. You right, don't have, right, you don't right. have to let it cool down before you take it apart. Not a rifle, a sniper. Well, specifically a sniper rifle, because whenever you whenever you do that, yeah. it always reminds me of like assassin movies or, or like you know Born Identity when like they're taking apart the sniper rifle and everything. <laughs> it always reminds me when you're putting together like the pipe right. for some reason. Yeah, ma- maybe there's something I'm forgetting about, but I, I, I yeah, you, you, it might be the military mount pipe you're talking about. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, and that would make sense. Which, yeah, of course, is developed, right? So you could take your pipe apart uh, while it's hot in the field, uh, and it's one of those things that uh, just makes it easier, and you know, you don't have to don't have to worry about your stem loosening and all that kind of stuff. Thomas also uh, goes on to point out the dichotomy nature of of kind of the the conversations of soldiers. You could you can have you know the the pipe smoking soldier could go just as easily from having you know conversations on you know French philosophy or, or religion to uh, being you know incredibly you know uh, juvenile in in the the jokes. And, and such and so you know being able to go back and forth but then like also a lot of fun. <laughs> snap directly into action as well and yeah so that that yeah. kind of uh dichotomy that's built into that is I, you a, know i i think i would love that type of lifestyle if i were more created for it and brave enough for it <laughs> yeah you're five five they kick you out like i don't think yeah my vision's terrible i've got palsy like this there's no way this could work out good for the united states you ever, you ever see <laughs> you ever see captain america you ever see the movie uh no, uh. All right, well, of course you, I haven't. You're, you're just the before. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay, yeah, and so am I. I'll, no, I'll take that as a great compliment. <laughs> uh, also, we got in from Adam uh, Bybee, who yeah. said uh, the soldier I- archetype I think provides the starkest canvas on which to display the common benefit of comfort, calmness, and familiarity in pipe smoking. I was listening recently to an episode of uh, Hardcore History, the podcast about World War One. Such a good podcast, by the way. I've listened to every every episode of that particular uh, series by Dan Carlin is very good. Yeah. He says, if I remember correctly, he was talking about the Battle of Verdun. 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 Uh, historically, one of the most horrifying events uh, humans have ever taken part in. Yeah. Wherein a unit of German soldiers were tasked with taking a hill that had traded hands many times through the months of constant fighting. Right. Uh, the unit requested a double ration of tobacco before they made the attack to cover up the smell of the pile of bodies once uh, they made up to the top. Now that's a pretty horrible example, he says. But those, uh, but those were people who went into nearly certain death and some of the worst experiences in humans have ever gone through, knowing 
that at least they'd have a pipe to smoke. Wow, Adam, that's just amazing. Like to think about the comfort and solace these people took uh, who were going through literally the most horrifying thing humans may have ever gone through. Uh, and, and they took in the pipe, right? They, mm. they, they had this, uh, this kind of one, one thing to, to comfort their soul, to, uh, you know, to uh, enjoy the flavor of. And the, the aroma, obviously, uh, <laughs> was uh, overshadowing this uh, literal death. You know, I mean, it's yeah. uh, it, that's amazing, and even the even the rhythms of the pipe, the consistency of um, you know the 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 tamping and uh, loading your tobacco and all that. There's there's a humanity that I guess comes with that that probably was was void in a place like Verdun. Yeah, you know, and this you know to kind of kind of take that that concept of you know doing. You know, doing going through, you know, for all intents and purposes, hell, and then at the very end of it, kind of, you know, sitting down and, and you know, being able to, to go to the comfort of the pipe. You know, I think of, and this is obviously a very kind of flip side of that, yeah. but in the uh, the Hobbit series, the the trilogy of uh, Hobbit movies, say what you will about those films, whether you loved them or that you hated them, uh, there was a very funny moment at the very end of them where, uh, you know, Bilbo and uh, and Gandalf are sitting next to each other. And for the first time in, in six films that we've all sat through, uh, you know, <laughs> over, right. over you know, 18 hours or however long. It 18, yeah, more like 38. With, <laughs> with all the pipe smoking that you saw in those movies, for the first time, Gandalf is sitting there and he's cleaning out his pipe. <laughs> it's right, right on this battlefield with all this death and destruction all around them. And he's going through the ritual, right? Exactly. He's going, he's going through the ritual that, that pipe smoking... Uh, you know, not just forces us to go through, but provides provides us. You know, there's a there's a fun in that. There's a there's a humanity in that. There's a uh, a rhythm in that that I think is really soothing. So while we're on World War One, uh, Gene uh, Barker, he, Gene also mentions another uh, another reference as well. Yeah, I want to take that one. Yeah, he says, uh, I think of the Dunhill history where they sent extra pipes to officers in the trenches of World War One. Uh, it helped associate Dunhill with class and also uh, got it known by officers from other Allied countries. Uh, Gene. Has a good point, you know. Even um, even Tolkien himself, right? Uh, you know, was a was a, a vet of World War One uh, from from you know the British Empire at that time, and so uh, you know a lot of his imagery from from that time, um, you know, comes from that. Yeah, he he might have even smoked one of those Dunhills that was donated from uh, you know from the company. Kind of kind of fascinating. Absolutely. All right. So so this is something that we saw a lot of in kind of the especially the soldier area, but but a little bit in the sailor, but but primarily the soldier. Area, a lot of people um, had uh, you know people from history. You know, you, you think of kind of iconic imagery and, and things, and that that's really when you think of archetypes as a whole, you do think of iconic imagery. I think it's why you know we kind of gravitate to the archetypes and, and perhaps even where uh, the origin of, of that as a discussion topic comes from is yeah, we can kind of sure. visually associate from photographs, from artwork, from paintings. You know, the, even just the idea of a, of a soldier on a battlefield, you know, wearing his helmet and, and sitting back and enjoying a pipe with a look of you know, be it concern or maybe jubilation, you know, what, whatever, whatever just transpired, it's all on his face as he's, you know, enjoying his pipe. And so, you know, the, the, the fact that we kind of gravitate towards uh, examples from history makes a lot of sense in this area. Uh, so the first one actually comes in from uh, Dylan. And uh, why don't you take Dylan's right? Yeah, Dylan Forsyth. He says, I think of Ulysses S. Grant, who was a pipe smoker, although he usually is associated with cigars. Uh, he preferred a pipe, or so I have read. Uh, an interesting an interesting soldier, I also think, is of Che Guevara. Wow. Um, who is usually referenced as smoking cigars, but I have seen photos of him smoking a pipe. I've been curious if he is preferred if he preferred the pipe, as I'm sure he always had cigars available to him uh, if he wanted them. So, yeah, I- interesting. Uh, you know, obviously two very different uh, characters there, but, um, you know, folks that, that did find a place for the pipe. 
Also, you got Jim Nelson who wrote in. He says, my favorite theologian, Karl Barth, uh, was teaching in, is it Basel, Switzerland? Yeah, we'll go with that. All right. Uh, Basel, Switzerland during World War II. Uh, to do his part, he served in the Canton's militia when he, uh, when he wasn't in the classroom. Their job was to watch for any attempt by the German army to take the southern route to France via Switzerland. He said the Swiss were fortunate that the Germans didn't try uh, to do it as, on his watch because he was so busy trying to keep his pipe lit that he hardly had any time to keep an eye out for the enemy. <laughs> it sounds like the modern pipe smoker, right? Great, great theologian, great pipe smoker. Maybe not the best soldier from that standpoint. I don't know. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Maybe not the best. He lookout. had his priorities, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's a Swiss, you know. It's just, you know, there's there's holes in the lines just like there is their teeth. Pappy Joe, of course, shouting out the Marines as well. What did Pappy have to say? Uh, Pappy, of course, uh, let's not forget the Marines. Uh, Chesty Puller was a pipe smoker. And then also uh, Ryan Smith uh, says, when I think of the pipe smoking soldier, I think of Eugene Sledge in World War II, uh, a World War II Marine portrayed in the HBO miniseries The Pacific. Now, did you ever watch that? I never did. No, I I can't say that I'm familiar either. Um, but I, I know that this was actually something that was referenced by a couple of different people, uh, both this this series and then also just, of course, Eugene Sledge. He says he was a straight and narrow good kid non-smoker before going to war, then picked up the habit overseas. Upon returning home and suffering from severe PTSD, yeah. his childhood best friend inquires about his new habit, to which Sledge replies, it gives me something to do. Um, Ryan says, I love this scene and how it perfectly sums up being a pipe smoker. When life is high stress, uh, this being a very extreme case, obviously, of PTSD, uh, the pipe the pipe makes you slow down and take care of it uh, as it takes care of you. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's true, right? It's one of those things that, um, you know, is a, is a centering device. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we talk about that a lot. I think... Um, you know, that goes back to the old adage that, that pipe smokers actually live longer than non-smokers because there's this element in which you are, uh, you're, you're centering. Your mind is having the opportunity to take a break uh, and, and not uh, focusing on the stress as much. So there's something there. There really is something there. You know, that, that, that concept of dealing with stress, you know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, we, we kind of in our, in our mind, we kind of maybe immediately visualize uh, soldiers and, 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 you know, we may, we, you know, it, it is interesting because uh, on the battlefield, you know, both the team that you're pulling for the team that you're pulling against, both are actually filled with soldiers. And so your mind rushes to kind of paint the picture, obviously, of kind of the, the heroic soldier and that sort of thing. But it's also interesting that with all of these situations, a, a lot of times we, we uh, I, I think it's, we have kind of this glorious imagery of kind of the the soldier char, char, uh, charging in and saving the day and kind of the heroic you know the the flag waving and everything else but after the war is done you do have kind of the PTSD and kind of the sure. the the, the uh, you know the 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 battle ridden uh, brokenness that that you see not obviously not in everybody but something that is definitely per- pervasive and so you know how the pipe plays into PTSD could actually be honestly a show unto itself absolutely um, but it, wow it makes Boy, no kidding it, I, I've seen that here in the shop you know mm-hmm. I, it, one one of the things uh, you know if longtime friends have have heard me mention, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, th- a lot of counseling happens in this shop, not, mm. not just, not just from this side of the counter to that side, but, but the opposite as well. <laughs> but, but, you know, there, there has been multiple, uh, you know, uh, uh, folks that, you know, are either veterans or, uh, you know, maybe they're still in the military, but, you know, uh, back, uh, you know, on leave or something like that. And they'll come in the shop and they just process some of these stuff, these things. And, um, and there's something about the pipe that gives them, 
kind of this um, kind of this comfort, this safety net, this blanket that uh, allows them to to sit and think and to to be um, I don't know to be more pensive and and digest some of the things that they're they're going through that they've mm. experienced. I've literally sat at this very tobacco bar um, across you know on that stool right there and and uh, you know had these had these uh, heroes, literal heroes, you know. It tell me these horror stories uh, that have happened on the field, and and I've been so honored to to hear that and to be uh, trusted with those things, and you know, and and I think there is a sense in which you know that uh, maybe helps them deal with it some, helps yeah. them process it. So that's I think there's a lot of truth to that. That's good. You know, um, you know, you think about kind of the soldier as someone who you know obviously acts in war. And while, you know, they're, they're, you know, you see kind of reflected in, in cinema and, and in stories, you know, there's, there's aspects of, of, you know, the soldier post-war that, you know, may, doesn't necessarily long for war, but, but perhaps misses kind of aspects of the army and, and kind of, sure. you know, that, that kind of regularity and that yeah. sort of thing. As we kind of flip over to the sailor, you know, I think about kind of the fact that the sailor has kind of a different longing to, you know, his or, you know, his, his calling, right? You got the, uh, I think very specifically of the song that many of us who uh, watched the most recent Guardians of the Galaxy movie uh, had kind of beaten into our heads several times throughout that film with the song of Brandy, um, which, you know, in, in the singing of that song... I remember that song very well. Well, so, so of course... The, <laughs> I didn't see the movie. I don't know anything about it. The narrative of Brandy is that it's this woman. She's, she works at a uh, um, at a bar, and it's it's at this port town, and all of these sailors are coming in, and they always talk about what a fine wife she would be. Yeah. But she's in love with this man who came to town one time, and, and the man was very honest with her. He's like, you know, oh, Brandy... Uh, you're a fine girl. What a, what a good wife you would be. But my life, my love, my lady is the sea, and so that he is already he's married to to the the work of the sea, and and kind of the sea is almost kind of identified as this wow uh, uh, contender for the love of this man that Brandy uh, unfortunately brokenhearted because of course he returns to his first the, love. The sea is the first uh, the first lady in line. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah. Interesting. So the sailor, you know, j- much like uh, you know, I kind of gave the detective to the to the soldier. Uh, the sailor, I think, one of the the, the kind of sub archetypes that was brought up when we kind of first did it, uh, and I think makes sense here, but would also fit in a lot of other ones as well, is the fisherman. Yeah, I I, I totally get that. I, I remember on my trip to Scotland several several years ago, I was uh, went to worship with some friends at their little church over there. You know these. Uh, Scottish Presbyterians. There's a church on every corner. Some of them don't exist and are just gift shops now, but there's still churches on every corner. And, um, you know, we went to eat with some of the parishioners afterwards, and, uh, you know, they were telling about their uh, salty uncle on the, you know, North Sea Arr. over there that, you know, <laughs> and, and he was smoking his pipe all the time while, you know, sending them messages about these fish. And it, it, there's just something romantic about that. Right. I, think, I think there's really, you know, um, something, something neat to be said there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I've, look, I, I, I fish as, as much as I'm able to, and I very rarely do it on a boat. So I'm not saying that all fishermen are sailors per se. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, that, that, that one could fit in a lot of different places. And I do think the, uh, the sailor is one of them. Now, of course, if we're going to kick off talking about the sailor, we have to talk about our very own sailor archetype. That's right. That's who, correct. Who fix in Pappy Joe. Yeah. Pappy Joe. What did what did he write in? Say? Yeah. He said, obviously, I am one of your archetypes. Accurate. Pappy Joe. I think you, you, you. Not only are you the sailor archetype, I think we should maybe even consider like just a, a whole series uh, or whole episode, certainly on on Pappy Joe. The, as an pa- archetype. the Pappy Joe <laughs> archetype. Right. I think actually, uh, <laughs> I think Varge actually was the one that mentioned that Pappy Joe should be an archetype unto himself. 
uh, as part of our first yeah, study. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that that whole concept might have some legs. Yeah, but absolutely. yeah, anyway, he says, uh, obviously, I'm one of your archetypes. Uh, the first time I ever smoked a pipe was on an icebreaker off the coast of Alaska in 1972. Uh, the photo posted to Facebook is close to what you would have been uh, close to what would have been a stereotypical pipe smoker in the crew, except we would be wearing green foul weather gear and a blue watch cap. Uh, a few times, the beard would be heavily crusted in ice, uh, except for when the heat of the pipe melted. Wow, isn't Dude. that awesome? Uh, I have smoked a pipe inside the Arctic Circle as and as far south as McMurdo Station in Antarctica, uh, all the Pacific Ocean in between. Wow, just so incredible. You know, the adventures that, um, you know, someone like, like our friend Joe Gibson have uh, ha- has gone through and uh, and taken his pipe the whole way. The Adventures of Pappy Joe. I mean, just in that description. That's a cartoon. I, th- well, I mean, <laughs> I, man, I, that could be one of the great American novels right there. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm saying, look, we got writers that listen. We've got Pappy Joe with a life story. Y'all, y'all should talk. Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think and we have animators there. too. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying this, this, this could have legs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Pappy Joe, again, thanks for your service as well. Um, you, you know, there, uh, we, we, we have to mention, you know, the the sailor. Uh, archetype, you know, this kind of it, it blends and mixes at times with the soldier archetype, and with you know, we've got a lot of folks that would fit into both categories, and so uh, we are we are thankful for uh, for your service. Absolutely, uh, we also have uh, Brian Bates who writes in. Yeah, you says, can't mess up that. Name. Well, I was about Come to say on. Byron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dyslexia, man. It, it'll, 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 it'll get you. Uh, by, Brian Bates says, The sailor evokes a powerful image for me, one of high winds and crushing tides, a gnarled hand carrying a wooden pipe uh, up to a square jaw, a crooked smile on a uh, weather-beaten face, uh, sharing tales of seafaring by a fire in a shabby room in some pub or another on a coastal town of Ireland or Scandinavia, a grizzled old soul recounting a life's worth of stories and song with a hearty laugh and wary eyes. Gosh, that just makes me want to drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, Brian, you need to call up Pappy because you could write the story. I No, I think he may just have. I'm I, not I, sure. That's <laughs> 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 incredible, man. The imagery you evoke there, I think, is... Uh, uh, is very um, I, I don't know it's 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 beautiful absolutely yeah, yeah. Ben Kerr uh, says the uh, the sailor is the pipe smoker with the highest degree of commitment to the craft uh, have you ever smoked a pipe topside on a boat successfully <laughs> without getting your face covered in ash and sparks they they endure all of it for the joy of the pipe you know that's interesting and I think Ben a good friend of the country squire he's he's got a point here it's like you know we we have these. Uh, you know, epi- we've done whole episodes on pipe smoking on the beach, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it, like the frustrations yeah. with that and how you go about doing it. And, and and these are people that forget the beach. They're in the middle of the ocean, right? You, you know, you're not just dealing with, uh, with, with the wind. You're dealing with, you know... The salty sea, you know, washing <laughs> overboard and all this right, other right. stuff, and uh, you know, I, I just think uh, I, I don't know. There's there's something uh, there's something there. If if you do smoke your pipe and successfully on a boat, you know, uh, certainly in the middle of the ocean, you do have a high degree of commitment, as he says. I think um, I think that's fascinating. All right, now Portland Paul, uh, he did not write in a uh, comment. He did not write in an essay. He actually gave us a uh, outline, but with paragraphs. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite in depth and what he's doing is he's taking specifically Moby Dick uh, one of you know one of the more iconic novels that are out yeah, there of course sure. um, and talking about he says I think I may have beaten this to death but in Moby Dick uh, Herman Melville illustrates several very strong ideas of how 
how sailors, how the sailor types impose an archetype with the pipe. All right. Now he has this broken down to three different kind of uh, aspects, which is okay. friendship, okay. reasoning and wisdom and power. Okay. All right. So friendship. What does he say about friendship? And yeah. of course, this is Portland Paul's take on the novel. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, friendship, he says, despite the multiple piercings, full body checkered square tattoos, broken English, and rumored taste for human flesh, Ishmael is put at ease by his new fellow bunkmate uh, when he produces his unique tomahawk pipe and loads it with tobacco to share. As they smoke it together, the friendship blossoms and a firm foundation for trust and comrade uh, is laid for and camaraderie is laid for their upcoming voyage. So, um, yeah, there's a sense in which you know you're going through all this tough, difficult experience, right? With your, uh, with with your, uh, with your, you know, pals on this on this ship, or, or maybe people that you don't like, or maybe people that you're terrified of. But they're, <laughs> you know, they're again something we see it even in a place like the Country Squire every day. Uh, the pipe becomes this kind of centering uh, device that, or, or uniting device that allows folks to, um, you know, to come together over something so random but uh, but very beautiful and uh, and and connect in ways that they literally would not have otherwise that's good man the yeah. connection of the uh, camaraderie right there all right also in reasoning and wisdom uh, reasoning and wisdom he says at the setting out of the voyage captain Ahab in a fit of frustration throws his pipe into the ocean vowing never to smoke it again I bet it was a Dunhill too. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> in that moment as the sizzling pipe sunk below the waves uh, we know those two the, we know two things as readers number one uh, he just threw away his ability to reason and think things through a point uh, shown clearly through his frenzied impulsive madness that he exhibits. Uh, number two, uh, they're doomed. Uh, as a, it is a poignant piece of foreshadowing that he would go uh, the way of his pipe that he just threw away. Uh, he would sink to the depths uh, because he had thrown his reason away. Wow, what a mm. what an interesting, um, you know. Uh, personification or just a uh, um, you know symbolism I guess of the pipe you know taking this uh, this symbol of thoughtfulness and uh, reasoning patience you know and yeah uh, problem solving and all that and, actively uh, lit too and, uh, actively lit yeah. and, and then tossing it you know literally in, into the depths uh, yeah that's uh, it, what a, what a powerful symbol absolutely and then finally power. Ahab is juxtaposed against the whale. Uh, Ahab threw his pipe away, but the whale is referred multiple times as having a fountain, a fountain and blinding jet. Um, the whale has a powerful pipe that blows smoke so high that it's visible for many miles in all directions. Both the whale's body and the quote-unquote pipe uh, were so much more powerful than Ahab's. They coupled with Ahab symbolically, uh, throwing away his one true advantage, his cunning and reason symbolized in the pipe. Mm. Uh, we know he never had a chance. Uh, man, just, just really fascinating. All right, so so I, I, I want to just be honest right now. I didn't read Moby Dick. No, I didn't either. Well, we were supposed to for school. But I feel right? like we just did, right? <laughs> well, on top of that, now I kind of feel like I actually want to I go. I kind of want to go read it now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the great. I, thing. I, it's funny. I, I really have never never read Moby Dick. The, the beautiful thing about these classics is I think you can literally get them for like like two cents. Like these no, days, you can buy them for like a nickel, even yeah. at like Barnes and Noble. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's great. I'm, yeah. That, that needs to happen. I I, I agree. Yeah. That might be the first one in the uh, Country Square Radio Book Club. It'll take us a year to read the book, but 
<laughs> a year. Well, Gosh, that's a, that's being a you know, generous, <laughs> kind of aggressive. Yeah, <laughs> what an aggressive timetable a year. Gosh, man, we can't even read. You know, some of us don't even wear shoes. I'm just kidding. Hey, we got the beer here, so we're good. <laughs> that's right. No, man. Uh, yeah, no. This is good. This is this is really good. I mean, um, obviously, uh, Portland Paul has, has put a ton of thought into this, and on, like I said, has made me want to kind of pick up the book and, and read it in new light slash first light sure <laughs> but specifically sure through this lens and uh, yeah powerful images there and then of course uh, Darren Collar says let's not forget uh, that most iconic <laughs> of sailors in fact in chi- iconic of sailor men Popeye Popeye the sailor man <laughs> That is correct. That is correct. And, you know, he likes spinach, too. So, you know, there, there's all kinds of things going on there. We did a... Um, I don't know what all that symbolizes, but... We did a, we did a, a Heroes of the Bowl on Popeye a while back, uh, talking about the, the supernatural aspects of his pipe as well. Do you, you not remember this? He had the ability to eat spinach through it. Like oh, he, yeah, I do like remember he that. He had, like, some sort of super breath that he could kind of blow through it as well. That's right. Uh, I think, I, I believe there's more. I need to go back and listen to that episode. Yeah. But it's, it's deep in the archives, so y'all, y'all be sure to check that out. I eat spinach out. through my pipe. Golly. I, I, I don't know that I want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's I don't even want to eat spinach, you know? Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, you know, we, we referenced uh, intersections, and, and you know, um, we would be remiss if, if not to mention the Navy, and, of course, uh, Fox actually right writes in and says, uh, my grandpa Joe was a Navy man in World War II and was a pipe guy. My mom's earliest memory is grandpa Joe teaching my mom how to pack his pipe for him. Uh, cherry flavor, no surprise. Cherry seems common for that generation. Yeah. It yeah. really does. It really does. The, yeah, the greatest generation in all things except for tobacco. Except for pipe tobacco. I mean, right? like, we're being honest. <laughs> like, you know, like, like heroic sacrifice and amazing, and, you know, obviously thank you so much for It was probably Middleton's cherry, cherry, so, you know, yeah, there's, there's something about that cherry pipe tobacco with uh, mid-century uh, you know 20th century uh, you know pipe smokers uh, you know yeah I, I think that's beautiful and and certainly uh, golly I'm we're so grateful for your uh, for your grandfather's service it's it's interesting um, you know just a couple years before my grandfather passed away this is only uh, gosh I mean less than five years ago uh, my my papa his name was Ralph mm-hmm. and he lived in, in Houston Texas it's where he uh, retired and then and then eventually died but um, he he gave me he you know he I, I, I didn't really know how he took me running a tobacco shop at the time. This is certainly before, uh, you know, I had bought uh, bought the Country Squire uh, from the Reeves family. Um, I knew my grandfather was proud of me, uh, but I never really knew kind of what he thought, you know, about about uh you know what I did for a living it's kind of interesting and I, I knew he he knew I worked hard he knew I was on a you know on a on a path that uh you know I thought was right and all those other things but you know my grandfather was this uh you know just incredibly successful person that accomplished all these things and and and, and one of the one of the most precious gifts golly that he ever mm. gave me was uh about a about a year or two before he died he handed me two photos of himself and they were of him in his uh, in his navy uniform uh, during World War II in the Pacific, uh, and and in both photos he was he was holding his pipe. How he, about he was that? he was he was, hold, he was smoking his pipe. Yeah. And uh, and and you know it, it was kind of this uh, sense in which I, I felt like, um, gosh, he was he was kind of. He was kind of, you know, giving me the green light, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was really special. Man. It was something where he, uh, you know, he he wanted me to have those, and you know, I, I never knew my pipes, my, my grandfather to be mm. a pipe smoker. I never, uh, you know, saw him do that or anything like that. I think it was probably something that he just did uh, during the war years, but um, but it was something that was uh, was very meaningful to me. Man. And um, I, I don't I don't know. I think there's. Uh, 
there's probably a lot of other folks out there that have experienced something similar to that. That's awesome, yeah. man. You know, we actually, uh, on Twitter, we got a, uh, a tweet in from, uh, from Jim, uh, a picture of him. He's decked out in his, uh, in his, uh, national guard army, uh, unit gear as well. Um, he says they've even got a full-time tobacconist. Dude, so. I, I love that. Yeah, he's, he's, he says uh, a bulldog the, right there, the right? number of pipe smokers uh, in the National Guard Army unit that he's in uh, grows every single year. They've got a even got a full-time uh, tobacconist, uh, someone that I'm, I'm assuming does a lot of uh, heavy-duty pipe blending there on site. And we're, uh, I mean, we're grateful for those folks. Absolutely. All right, man, the, the soldier... And the sailor, yeah, I, I, I got and, and all you. in between, and, and, and all in between, <laughs> um, et cetera, et cetera. I love, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, comments and feedback from uh, kind of our discussion. I'm sure there are, you know, other subcategories that may fit in that uh, that folks will send in uh, after the fact, and so I look forward to, to reading those as well. But you know, on on this particular episode, uh, as we talk about you know sailors and and soldiers and, and the various subcategories, there is there is one particular subcategory in the soldier area specifically. That that has an intersection with another huge aspect of, of pipe culture, and that's the good folks at Missouri, Missouri Meerschaum. Meerschaum. That's exactly right. That's exactly. Of course, we're talking uh, about their pipes each week, uh, and and today we are talking about soldiers and sailors, absolutely, and, uh, and generals, and, and and generals. And of course, we're talking this week about the MacArthur, the MacArthur, <laughs> the MacArthur. I, pipe. I always call this the general. You, and I, <laughs> you do, and and it's different, but that's okay because he was a general. Absolutely. So, uh, the MacArthur pipe. If you're not familiar, we've got one on the air here and it is a um uh, basically a full corn cob yeah imagine you you just ate a a cob of corn and you got it that's it yeah and that's it it's it's (laughs) an entire corn cob and and then you decide you want to make it a pipe and that's uh and and that's the macarthur pipe yeah it's Mm -hmm. uh it's one of the favorites at missouri mearsham they actually uh custom designed decades ago uh the pipe that he was so famous for smoking and you can smoke it today now as well so and and, i mean correct me if i'm wrong but i I, you know a lot of times you do see uh in those images of macarthur smoking that pipe sure his stem kind of goes about midway through the bowl with this particular uh, macarthur that we've got right here it's it's a little bit further down so you that's right massive bowl out it's of a thing. it's a huge bowl yeah. yeah i mean this is a pipe if you uh if you smoke the entire bowl you know you get it depending on the tobacco you may be able to get a half ounce in that in that pipe so i'd, I'd believe it um re- really a really an impressive pipe an awesome pipe it's one of those that uh certainly is iconic uh it it makes a statement and and frankly it's just fun to smoke you know it's it's really fun to smoke so uh it comes in a unvarnished and uh and varnished uh, model. It also uh, comes in a bent and a straight stem. Uh, really long, uh, robust stem. It's one of those that uh, you know. It's a very well made pipe. Um, it, it's it's funny. I, I have learned uh, by trial and error that the MacArthur pipe. It, it, we're all familiar with Nording pipes, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric Nording, great great pipe maker. But you know, Eric uh, Nording, he makes um, these church warden pipes, right? Um, church the church warden pipes from Eric Nording just happen. That there, the stem on those just happens to be the exact same fit as the stem on the end of a Missouri Meerschaum MacArthur. Really? Wait, including the one that I've got, the really like the yeah. really. Yeah. So, so what I'm telling you is that is that this ridiculously large long pipe. Uh huh. You can take your Nording Churchwarden stem and put it on the end of the MacArthur oh, pipe snap. from Missouri Meerschaum and make just the most gaudy, ridiculous, statement-making <laughs> clown pipe you've ever seen in your life. And it's fantastic. Wow. I, I just, if you have a Nording Churchwarden and you have a uh, Missouri Meerschaum 
you know, MacArthur Pipe, you've got home warden. Do a little bit of custom And, and if right you there, have a Missouri, good. if you have a Nording Church Warden, but you don't have a Missouri Mearsham uh, MacArthur Pipe, then you you have you have something at the top of your uh, wish list. You know, and the great thing is, you know, you, you think of a lot of times when you consider kind of sailors. You know, the corncob pipe is almost always associated with with sailors, yeah, especially that's right. you know to the to the less initiated and fishermen too, fishermen as well. But but you know, with with uh, you know the intersection of sailor and soldier, uh, you got you got corncob, you got the MacArthur. Look, if you got a MacArthur pipe, smoke it this week. It's a great way to let the good folks at Missouri Mirsham know you appreciate them for sponsoring this show. Pipe question of the week. All right, man, we got a pipe question of the week this week in from Mike Kinsey. From Mike Kinsey. Mike Kinsey, yeah. a new, new Pipe Club's uh, That's right. uh, member, right? Yeah, man. Mike writes in, he says, uh, do different tobaccos age differently in long-term storage? How so? Are some type of blends not even worth the trouble? And then, John David, how do you personally choose what you're going to sell and what you're not? So a couple of different yeah, questions, but sure. all kind of around the idea of, you know, um, aging, you know, what, what to choose to, to age long-term versus short-term. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's funny, at the end of your question, you actually mentioned or, or you know, ask uh, how do you personally decide what to sell her and why? Uh, tonight I was I was in back in my office, uh, which I'm hardly ever in, but I, I was back there uh, later this evening uh, thinking about my personal seller, and it, I, I'm so frustrated by my personal seller because as a as a as a tobacconist, like I'm I'm smoking tobacco literally all the time. But it's not tobacco necessarily that I've procured for myself to put in a cellar. Right. So so it's like I, I literally have these tins built upon tins and tins and tins that like I I may or may not ever get to because I'm I'm smoking the things behind me, I'm developing new blends. Sure. It's like you know, I'm around it all day. It's like the you know, it's like the uh I, I don't know a, a a brewer that maybe collects other beers, but he's constantly drinking his own his beer, own stuff, or, yeah. or you know, uh, trying things that he thinks is going to further his uh, his his craft. Or so. I don't know. I was just kind of thinking about my own cellar this afternoon. I was like, dang, I just can't really uh, enjoy this the the way I, I wish I wish I could. But interesting. Um, See, I would yeah, consider your cellar to be what we're currently standing. Yeah, we're you're basically standing in my cellar right, right now. Right, right. If if I you know that that tin of uh you know um. I don't know, uh, gosh, you know, Peterson Irish Flake has been sitting on the shelf long enough, then, you know, it, it's it's mine. There you go. <laughs> it's coming home with me. There you yeah. go. So, <laughs> so you're actively aging them. Just, uh, that's right. You know, whether that's right. it's you or the customer base choosing yeah, if it, it. If it becomes the last one on the shelf, then I'm like, eh, it's it probably is. time to put that one back. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we have, um, it, do different tobaccos age differently uh, in long-term stores? The answer is yes. Um, you know, uh, they're... Some tobaccos that are notoriously good uh, for aging, um, Virginias and Periques, uh, are at the at the very very top of that list. And so, uh, Virginias have this natural sugar um, content that uh, we're, we're something with some age uh, and pressure, for that matter, uh, really does um, something magical happens. Those little microbes living in in the Virginias as they start to. Uh, eat up all the oxygen, maybe mm. in that in that tin of tobacco or something, and then start to work on the sugars in those uh, in, in those Virginias. Something really magical happens, and um, and and so Virginias and 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 Periques also. Periques are uh, you know Perique is is a fermented tobacco. It's very moist, and so when you when you put this under a lot of pressure uh, with a lot of other leaves that might be dry or uh, just have different uh, physical characteristics, um, you know the Perique over time will start to bleed into these other 
uh, leaves surrounding it, and and so it just really uh, just makes a makes a really velvety, spicy, sweet blend. It's really interesting. So um, you know that for me, the, the Virginias and, and Periques are at the top of the list as far as um, long term storage. Uh, Latakias are are good as well. Of course, Latakias are oily. Uh, they're not particularly moist, but they they do kind of have this oil factor and. Um, and 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 Latakia will get more mellow over time. So it's something that uh, you know at a certain you know age they there's kind of a peak there, right? And and what I appreciate about our friends at Cornell and Deal is they you know have developed an entire series based on aging, right? And so they've developed their cellar series, which uh, Oak Alley, which I believe was a tobacco we uh, or uh, gosh, no, it was blue. Um, uh, Gosh, blue something that we talked about. I love that tobacco. Now I can't even think of its name. But uh, you know, it it was um, it talked about. Uh, you know, it's designed to be put back. Basically, you're buying right. this tobacco to keep, and then you know, 15 years after you buy it, or 12 years, or nine years, or whatever the tin is, uh, you know, you um, you know, you're excited about. Um, you know, being able to see uh, how the aging has affected it. And so, um, anyway, I, I think some are uh, better than others. Aromatics tend to be, at least for my, uh, for my sense, um, you know, not worth it. Typically, aromatics are, uh, you know, there, there's some element of uh, moisture that's been added there due to the, the topping process. And, um, and, and typically, too, there might be some kind of propylene glycol or something that, that's heavy enough to really negate any of the, um, you know, the benefit of, uh, of the aging process. And so I, I think where you're, where you're um, you know, least amount of, uh, you know, a bang for your buck as far as the aging process goes are, are going to be on your aromatics, particularly your uh, your real goopy ones. Um, you know, I think, I think that's there. If you have an aromatic, uh, an aromatic tobacco, um, you know, if you're sitting on it for no other reason than just to age it, um, you know, go ahead and smoke just it. Smoke. Yeah. Just go ahead and smoke it. I, I think you'll enjoy it. You'll get uh, a better experience now than you probably will five years down the road. And, uh, and, and there's no sense in waiting. So was yeah. it bourbon blue? Bourbon blue. Okay. Bourbon blue. Shout out to Mark yeah. VV on the catch on that. Yeah, one. that's great. Yeah, absolutely. I love that tobacco, and I, I can't believe I forgot it. But um, that whole series from Cornell and Deal was actually, uh, you know, developed uh, by the folks there, Jeremy Reeves and all the great folks at, at Law DC and Cornell and Deal. You know, the idea was they have blended these tobaccos that are designed to be put back. Um, which I think is great. Our, our own uh, our own tobacco here at the Country Squire, Baker Street, uh, such a rich, spicy, smoky blend. Mm. And, and we have so many customers that actually, and, and I, we would love it if you did this as well, uh, you know, they buy this tobacco only to seller it because this tobacco is so complex. There's so much going on. Uh, the the Perique is so pronounced and, and so is the Latakia. Um, it, that that it really shines after about a year or two years uh, under under some pressure and under some uh, in, in with some age. So um, and and again, there you know in that you've got Virginia's Perique and and the Latakia. So um, anyway, all that to say, there there is kind of a hierarchy of tobaccos that respond better to it, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's worth experimenting. All right. Well, great pipe question of the week again, sent in by new pipe club member That's Mike. A great Kinsey. question. Yeah, great question. So thanks so much for that one. Hey, and if you've got a pipe question of the week, you can send it in show at Country Squire Radio. Again, that's show at countrysquireradio.com. Quick, Quick fire, fire with, with the, the squire. squire. Quick fire question. Ow! 
All right, man, we got a smattering of quickfire questions in from several users over at the forums at thispipelife.com. We have so many to get through. Yeah, and, and I want to mention, too, like, we've we've got a lot of quickfire questions kind of back in the hopper. Our, our good friend Barry, as a matter of fact, stopped by the shop a few weeks ago and, and dropped some off. Like, man, if, you're, if your quickfire questions have been uh, dropped off, they're probably around. Like, we're just, uh, we're, we're, we're getting through them. So, anyway, we wanted, wanted to mention that to you. But, uh, man, such a great, uh, such so much great feedback back at uh at this pipelife.com all right so uh we've got uh, from big sky piping he said uh one more summer barbecue question of course we just answered a bunch of those okay okay it's fair uh charcoal charcoal or propane as a pipe smoker you would assume i would say charcoal it takes work it's beautiful it requires thoughtfulness and technique and i'm a propane guy and I'm a propane guy because I'm really lazy when it comes to food. Well, you know, <laughs> that, is, that is clear burning propane. Okay, that is that is mother mother <laughs> propane right there. You know, you gotta if you're gonna smoke your pipe, you gotta get that good propane flavor. I, I, he never is that a Hank Hill accent? I was I was a ch- attempt at a Hank Hill accent. <laughs> I was actually pretty. Terrible. I think you did great. I, I think I think you did great. Terrible. Yeah. Um, but now I I would go with uh, I would I would go with uh, ch- yeah propane. I mean like if someone else is doing the cooking, char- no charcoal, charcoal all the way. You you deal with the charcoal. No yeah. no, no no no. You you deal with the charcoal. <laughs> Point, like you know I, I like the flavor, but I'm not, it's not worth the effort because that's right. the thing. If you're gonna put your time into something. Go for the pipe, right? No, well, that's fair. Yeah, you have the propane up. Yeah. Uh, all right. I uh, this this next one is from M Fresa. M Fresa. M Yes. Yeah, it's probably our friend Mark. <laughs> <It> says <laughs> Hanes are fruit of the loom. Uh, the the fruit of the loom because the fruit takes care of my fruit. Is that like asking boxes or briefs? Or are they both? They're, 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 I think Does they're both generally boxers. Just, they, they probably both do. Haynes and Fruit Loom probably both make boxers, but but just just assume this is talking about briefs. Okay. See, I assumed that Haynes was boxers. It, you know, and honestly, I, honestly, you know, it, it could be either one. It could be, you know, they probably make make either one. I I I've, like. Well, okay. So here's the other question: Is is Fruit of the Loom the cheap option? Because I think that's probably. I mean, I want to check right now, but I like, think I'm they're both sh- really cheap. Are they really? Isn't that the thing? I think this is kind of like you know deciding between Pepsi and Coke here. They're kind of on the same <laughs> level, but I think maybe one has more of a following than another. Although people don't talk about it as much because it's literally our underwear. I I, I don't know. Uh, I am going to go with. I have no preference. Literally no preference whatsoever. I uh, yeah. Look, it, the Fruit of the Loom is it sounds so much cooler. Uh, sure. I'll go with whatever's cheapest. Unless your last name is Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then uh, we got Ghost of Pompeii who writes that he says, uh, listening to rock music or throwing rocks at passing cars? Uh, rock music, although I probably did some of the other when I was a kid. Not much, but but probably once or twice. Yeah. Rocks at the... Really? That's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I wasn't really a bad kid, but I had my moment. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah no rock music but rock music all the way um it, music is it's it's about the song not about the genre for me um but one way or the other i'm not throwing not throwing car rocks at anybody's cars <laughs> uh, and then finally it says rap music or uh self bodily harm of the severest nature what rap oh music? would you rather listen to rap music or you know do something terrible terrible to yourself in the most terrible nature right right would you right? Would you rather hurt yourself or listen to rap music? That's the question. Right. Uh, I I would I would rather listen to rap music. I, there is rap that I enjoy. Did you know, Bo, that I know 
every single word to Baby Got Back. The no, no to to the song uh, Ludicrous. What's your fantasy? Oh, do you really? Every single song, every single word. Serenatus. I, I have actually <laughs> no because this is a family show uh, that that people listen to at work. But I, I have actually uh, sung this song at at uh, at karaoke before. Have you in New Orleans? Uh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. But but where, but, where uh, did you have karaoke? But what we got karaoke in Jackson. Dude, there's karaoke all over Jackson. Oh, man. Even this sleepy little southern town, we know how to do karaoke. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You've never been to Finian's and done karaoke? Oh, you know what? I used to go all every Monday night because all, right. all those nursing students would show up there, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, this might be my night. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nursing students. It'll all break, break into I'm, nursing I'm just students. saying, that one song, that one song, I know every single lyric to, and uh, and I think I think my talent is pretty good. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, same. I mean, like, you know, same, same with the rock music. It depends on the song not necessarily the genre uh but yeah no, I, I definitely enjoy some rap music from time to time uh all right and those uh those all come in a smattering of quick fire questions from uh, a couple of users so there random over at uh, this pipe life doc i know when there's not a theme it almost yeah. kind of throws you off but that's classic right no, i there. love it that's, i love it absolutely yeah this pipe an amazing online community if you haven't joined it yet it is absolutely free to do but when you do register at this we do encourage you to use the code csr because it lets know lets them know you heard about it on this show and thus helps out the making of said show. That's uh, right. Plus, a lot of great ways to get in touch with thispipelife.com, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just This Pipe Life. You'll find them. And not to be confused with This Pipe Wife, an online dating community started by the <laughs> listeners of this podcast, uh, but thispipelife.com. Thispipelife.com. Are you been or straight? No, no, or no preference, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Have uh, the mock-ups been done for that for that website yet? I, I, just, I, I hope so. It seems like we had someone working on that. I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, thispipelife.com. No, thispipelife.com, obviously a lot of great resources. If, if Country Squire Radio has been a good resource for you uh, throughout uh, your pipe smoking journey, thispipelife.com will, will, will be as well. Great forums, nice folks over there. Uh, some really interesting articles as well. They're always posting new content. And, uh, of course, you can follow them on Twitter. Uh, Facebook and Instagram. So, and of course, you know this this uh, episode. I mean, being that it is a pipe culture episode, the entire thing has been listener feedback of a degree. This is, yeah. you know, one of the reasons yeah. why we love pipe culture episodes is it is our chance to kind of hand the mics over to you guys and really share your thoughts and and you know let you guys kind of define the topics as we go through them. And so we want to give a, a big shout out and thank you to all of you who uh, who wrote in, uh, who uh, made comments on Facebook, and then also uh, sent in emails. If if we didn't get to your particular comment, uh, you know. It's for time. We're actually uh, kind of pressed up here at the end of the show as is. Uh, so rather than do kind of the traditional listener feedback uh, that we normally do, I, I did think it's kind of worth mentioning that right now on Twitter, we are getting bombarded by uh, some some lovely memes. Russ Hicks in particular hates the fact that I gave the detective as a sub uh, a subcategory of the soldier <laughs> feeling very strongly that it should be its own thing. And, uh, and That's fantastic. I mean, hey, more power to you. No, that's I, I, good. I, 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 you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, I, but at the same time, doesn't Batman and Sherlock Holmes, aren't they also soldiers in their own right? I'm just saying. Yeah. They are. I, I, I see what you're getting at there. I mean, it makes sense. It's there, but yeah, he yeah. is. He's hammering us pretty hard. Also, uh, Ben, ben, uh, ben, Brian Levine uh, gives us a shout out. He's got his uh, MacArthur that he's uh, holding up in front of our faces, right, uh, on Twitter as well. By the way, uh, uh, shout out to Brian, of course, host of uh, Pipes Magazine podcast and uh, and, and no, world renowned Disney fanatic. I'm sure That's right. he, he was watching the D23 summits uh, over this last past weekend, where Disney was going into all the latest news about Marvel films and Star. 
Star Wars and all kinds of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about tonight, but we didn't have time. So <laughs> <laughs> not going to be able to jump into that, but, um, but shout out to you, Brian. Um, and yeah, and uh, it, just honestly, you guys have been awesome on the, on the live Twitter tonight, uh, getting the selfies in from, uh, from you guys enjoying the show and uh, smoking a bowl. That's awesome. Thank y'all so much. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, this is great. And then of course the, the, your, your meme that you just got in from Mike VV. My fruit is well protected. <laughs> Brilliant. Fantastic. <laughs> well, hey, guys, we want to encourage you uh, to keep up with us throughout the week. You can, of course, uh, do so by following us on the Twitters. You can follow me. I'm at the Real Bo York. I'm at John David Cole. Or you can get us at the shop at, at underscore Country Squire. And, of course, you can follow the show at Squire Radio. All that information and more can be found at CountrySquireRadio.com, where you can do things like join the club or, you know, go to Patreon.com slash CountrySquireRadio. Or, like I said, just click the join the club at CountrySquireRadio.com. Uh, when you do so, not only are you helping out support the show, but you're also getting some good stuff for yourself, uh, some great digital goodies, and now access to the newly uh, minted, uh, ribbon-cutted, uh, broken the bottle on the ship, whatever. The uh, Squires... That's an interesting verb, yeah. The Squires Lounge Online. Uh, we, we encourage you to uh, to support the show and, and join the online community that's there as well. Uh, and uh, big thanks to all of you that do that. One last time, I do want to mention that we are up for nomination in this year's uh, People's Choice Podcast Awards. The link to uh, vote, or rather to nominate us, is going to be in the description of this podcast. So that we hope you do that in the arts category as well as the People's Choice category. I mean, it's a long shot on that people's choice category, but hey, let's try. Hey, you never know. Yeah, I think we could. I think we can get the arts. Shoot for the moon, and you'll land among the stars. Well, <laughs> I don't know who we're up against. I but hate that saying. Let, right? Let's go for it. <laughs> let's go for it. But, Thanks uh, so much for uh, for tuning in and listening. We're uh, we're always excited to to visit with y'all uh, every single Monday. Absolutely. Well, hey, man, let's go the night. See you, brother. listening to Country Squire Radio, a member of the Pottery Network. For more information on this and other shows, please visit pottery.com.